Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. Today we're going to be going over a program that uh, was originally published May 26, 2020. Today is March 11, 2022, so it's Flashback Friday. The title of this chapter is Abraham, the Father of Kings, Chapter 4 of Kingdom of God, Volume 2, pages 24 through 30. First, we'll get into the reader program, which is about 15 minutes long, and then we will do the commentary portion where I read it and talk about it. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. Thank you for listening. Abraham, the Father of Kings, Chapter 4 of Kingdom of God, Volume 2. Pages 24 to 30, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Genesis Many of today's modern Christians believe that Abraham lived in a pagan society, was raised in a pagan household, and embraced some personal pagan ideals. They assume that he did not know much about the gospel of Christ, its principles or priesthood. However, In 1879 John Taylor counted, We come again to another prominent character, that is Abraham, a very remarkable man in his day and age. Although at the present time men look upon him as a kind of an old shepherd, a man that attended flocks and herds and sheep, a sort of herdsman and a shepherd. And there was very little of him anyhow except that he lived in his day almost as a barbarian. That is the opinion that many men have formed of him that he was something like our backwoodsmen, some of our farmers who have not mixed up with the elite of society, or made themselves familiar with the intelligence that pervades the world. I look upon him as another character entirely, and from information that we can gather from revelations that have been referred to, we find that there was something very peculiar about him. We read his history, and we find that he was a man that sought after righteousness, that he desired to obtain more righteousness, that he examined the records of his fathers, that he found in examining the records, tracing them back through the flood, clear away back unto Adam's day, he found many circumstances that were connected with mankind, not only to Adam's day, but before the world was. In doing this, among other things, he found he had a right to the priesthood, Journal of discourses but seeking after righteousness, gaining a knowledge of his ancestry and desiring to be worthy to receive the priesthood were not the only great attributes of Abraham. The Lord promised him, I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Genesis then the Lord gave the same promise to his grandson, Jacob. See Genesis 36, 11. In fact, all the promises made to Abraham were also offered to his posterity. Now how could his posterity become kings in the kingdom of God unless he himself became one of those kings? George Q. Cannon expressed it this way. When God led forth Abraham and told him that as the stars of the firmament were innumerable, so should his seed be. He proclaimed to him the greatness of his kingdom in eternity. 
he told Abraham that he should be a king over this innumerable host. For if Abraham were not to be king over them, of what use or glory would his posterity be to him? When God pointed Abraham to the sand on the seashore and told him that it was countless, so should his seed be, he told him in accents that could not be mistaken of the future glory of his eternal kingdom. And if all mankind attained to the same promises as Abraham, they also would have an innumerable posterity to reign over. As the prophet says concerning our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, to the increase of his kingdom there shall be no end. Journal of Discourses Abraham understood what the kingdom of God was, how it operated and even taught it to others, most of whom rejected it. Brigham Young substantiates this. It is true, say they, that in the days of Moses the Lord did once send a messenger to preach the gospel to the children of Israel, but our master had such power in their midst that they would not receive the kingdom. In the days of Abraham, also, long before the days of Moses the Lord revealed the principles of the kingdom, but they would not have them. Journal of Discourses Many Christians today do not believe that Abraham had the gospel because they assume there was no gospel before Christ came to earth. However, the Apostle Paul clarified that this belief was incorrect. According to the prophet Joseph Smith, it will be noticed that, according to Paul, the gospel was preached to Abraham. We would like to be informed in what name the gospel was then preached, whether it was in the name of Christ or some other name. If in any other name, was it the gospel? And if it was the gospel, and that preached in the name of Christ, had it any ordinances? Abraham offered sacrifice, and notwithstanding this, had the gospel preached to him. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith If Abraham had the gospel, did he then have the priesthood? The answer has to be affirmative, as the Prophet Joseph informed us. Abraham says to Malchizedek, I believe all that thou hast taught me concerning the priesthood and the coming of the Son of Man. So Malchizedek ordained Abraham and sent him away. Abraham rejoiced, saying, Now I have a priesthood. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith Certainly a man who holds the higher priesthood, and honors it, is a member of the kingdom of God. His mission then is to teach others and bring them into that kingdom. We also know that Abraham was chosen before he was born to be a great king and priest in the kingdom of God. Abraham knew this himself as he was shown it in vision. And God saw these holes that they were good, and he stood in the midst of them, and he said, These I will make my rulers. For he stood among those that were spirits, and he saw that they were good. And he said unto me, Abraham, thou art one of them. Thou wast chosen before thou wast born. PFGP, Abraham 3.23 See also Journal of Discourses 23.185 Abraham was chosen to be a ruler in the kingdom of God, and he would also rule over other leaders in that kingdom. In addition to the above, Abraham saw Jesus and his day in the vision, for Christ said to the Jews, your father Abraham rejoiced to see him by day, and he saw it and was glad. Abraham also had a great knowledge of the universe, most of which he also obtained in vision. Joseph Smith stated, the learning of the Egyptians, and their knowledge of astronomy was no doubt taught them by Abraham and Joseph, as their records testify, who received it from the Lord. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith The visionary and prophetic powers of Abraham were no doubt given to him through the instrument called a Urim and Thummim, which he acknowledged was in his possession. And I, Abraham, had the Urim and Thummim, which the Lord my God had given unto me, in Ur of the Chaldees. And also the Lord said unto me, by the Urim and Thummim, that Kalob was after the manner of the Lord. 
He was shown all of this world and how it was connected with God's kingdom and also many other worlds and parts of the universe which also pertained to his kingdom. The scope of Abraham's kingly realm is amazing. One of the great promises of God to Abraham was that through him and his seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This is one of the greatest blessings ever given to a man. And, according to Joseph Smith, another was that all children are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and the moment that children leave this world, they are taken to the bosom of Abraham. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith to show how far-reaching Abraham's kingly and patriarchal authority extends, John Taylor explained. Who were Moses and Aaron? Moses led the children of Israel, under the guidance and direction of the Almighty, with a mighty hand and stretched out arm, and delivered them from the hands of the Egyptians. Who were they? They were the descendants of Abraham. Who were the old prophets we read of in the Bible here? They were the descendants of Abraham. Who was Jesus? The descendant of Abraham. Who were the twelve apostles? They were the descendants of Abraham. Who were the seventy that existed in those days? They were the descendants of Abraham. What were they told to do? Did a mankind? No. What? To go and preach the gospel to all the world, to lift up a banner of life and salvation to the nations, and call upon them to repent. Who were the Nephites that came to this continent? Lehi, Lemuel, Nephi, etc. Who were they? They were descendants of Abraham. Who were the twelve apostles that were on this continent? They were descendants of Abraham. Journal of Discourses Wilford Woodruff also refers to the kingly and patriarchal blessings of the priesthood, including Abraham's, showing that such kingdoms were not just temporal, but eternal. The Lord has revealed to us that no kingdom, no king, no prince, no president, no ordinance of marriage, no ordinance performed by any man from the days of Father Adam will have any power or force after death, except those ordinances are performed by men holding the eternal priesthood. Is there a king? Is there a prince? Is there a queen? Will either when they pass the other side of the veil, find a throne there? Would the Tsar of Russia, who was assassinated by the hands of the ungodly not long ago, when he went into the spirit world find a throne there. No. Why? Because the kingdom of the Tsar of Russia belonged to time. When he went into the spirit world, that was the end of his kingdom and power. His kingdom had not been sealed upon his head by any man having the power and authority of the eternal priesthood. So in regard to all kingdoms and thrones, you may take Her Majesty Queen Victoria, who has reigned a long time, and who is perhaps as good a sovereign as has reigned since the days of William the Conqueror. When she passes behind the veil, she will find her kingdom at an end, because it was not sealed upon her head for time and eternity by any man having the authority of the Holy Priesthood. Journal of Discourses Regarding the Greatness of Abraham, Joseph Smith summarized. Abraham was guided in all his family affairs by the Lord, was conversed with by angels, and by the Lord, was told where to go, and when to stop, and prospered exceedingly in all that he put his hand under. It was because he and his family obeyed the counsel of the Lord. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith Abraham had been blessed above nearly all other men, that is, one, he would be the father of kings. Two, he would preside as a king over those kings. Three, he had the high and holy priesthood and all the rights that belong to God's kings. Four, he was promised a place in God's kingdom. Five, 
he received a glorious vision of God's great work of his kingdom in the universe. There is probably no other mortal man in the Old Testament that received such great promises and blessings as did Abraham. Though not the king of kings, he was nevertheless a king of kings. Chapter 5 How Abraham Became a King And tonight we'll be reading Abraham, the Father of Kings, Chapter 4 of the Kingdom of God, Volume 1. We'll be reading pages 24 through 30. <clears throat> and like I said, the text is on my Facebook wall at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. If I've got too many friends to accept any more friend uh, requests, just uh, you can follow me. And... Uh, I've got several hundred followers and five, almost 5,000 uh, friends. So, all right, here we go. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations out of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Bereshit, or Genesis chapter 17, verse 6. Many of today's modern Christians believe that Abraham lived in a pagan society and was raised by a pagan household and embraced some personal pagan ideals. They assume that he did not know much about the gospel of Christ, its principles, or priesthood. However, in 1879, John Taylor countered that argument when he said, quote, and we come again to another prominent character, that is Abraham. A very remarkable man in his day and age, although at the present time, men look upon him as a kind of an old shepherd, a man that attends flocks and herds and sheep and sorts a sort of herdsman and a shepherd. And there was very little of him anyhow, except that he had lived in his day almost as a barbarian. That is the opinion that many men have formed of him, that he was something like our backwoodsmen or some of our uh, sod farmers who have not mixed up with the elite of society or made themselves familiar with the intelligence that pervades the world. I look upon him as another character entirely. And from information that we can gather from re the revelations that have been referred to, we find that there was something very peculiar about him. We read his history, and we find that he was a man that was sought after, that sought after righteousness, that he desired to obtain more righteousness, and that he examined the records of his fathers, and he found in examining the records, tracing them back through the flood, a clear way back to Adam's day. We're on page 25 for those of you following along. She found many circumstances that were connected with man, kind not only to Adam's day, but before the world was. In doing this, among other things, he found he had a right to the priesthood. That was John Taylor, Journal of Discourses, volume 21, page 159. Uh, we also know, and we'll get into this later, but that Abraham was one of the grandsons of Noah, of course. I mean, who wasn't back then? But he knew Noah personally, and he knew, um, like, Shem, uh, which is Melchizedek, according to the book of Jasher. So, uh, continuing on with the the reading but seeking after righteousness gaining a knowledge of his ancestry and desiring to be worthy to receive the priesthood were not the only great attributes of abraham the lord yehovah our elohim promised him i will make thee exceedingly fruitful and i will make thee i will make nations of thee and kings shall come up out of thee Bereshit, Genesis chapter 17, verse 6. And the Lord, Jehovah, gave the same promise to his grandson, Jacob, or Jacob. See Bereshit, Genesis chapter 36, verse 11. 
In fact, all the promises made to Abraham were also offered to his posterity. Now, how could his posterity become kings in the kingdom of God unless he himself became one of those kings? George Q. Cannon expressed it in this way, quote, and George Q. Cannon was, uh, was an apostle in the LDS church back in the day. Anyway, he said, when God led forth Abraham and told him that, that as the stars of the firmament, firmament were innumerable, so should his seed be. He proclaimed to him the greatness of his kingdom in eternity. He told Abraham that he should be a king over this innumerable host. For if Abraham were not to be a king over them, of what use or glory would his posterity be to him? When God pointed Abraham to the sands on the seashore and told him that as it was countless, so should his seed be, he told him in in act. Uh, accents that could not be mistaken of the future glory of his eternal kingdom. And if all mankind attained to the same promises as Abraham, they also would have an innumerable posterity to reign over, as the prophet says concerning our Lord and Savior Yeshua Mashiach, or Jesus the Christ, increase of uh to the increase of his kingdom there shall be no end that was george q cannon an apostle in the lds church and we're quoting the journal of discourses volume 14 page 128 abraham understood what the kingdom of god was how it operated and even taught it to others most of whom rejected it Brigham Young substantiates this uh, when he said, and we're on page 26 for those of you reading wrong. This is Brigham Young. It is true, they say, that in the days of Moses, the Lord did once send a messenger to preach the gospel to the children of Israel. But our master had only such power in their midst that they would not receive the, uh, but they would not receive the kingdom. In the days of Abraham also, long before the days of Moses or Moshe, Jehovah revealed the Lord, revealed the principles of the kingdom, but they would not have them. Journal of Discourses, volume 11, page 303. And we look back upon those people and say, oh, they wouldn't accept the gospel. They just rejected it. Well, what do you think you're doing as a, as a church body when you just reject Plural celestial marriage, law of adoption, rebaptism, um, you know, United Orders, law of consecration, all of these things that you know about or that you should know about because they're all part of the restoration. But you just don't accept them. You make up excuses and you say, oh, that's for another people, or that was for those guys back then, but not for us now. Or I'll worry about it. We'll, we'll live that way in some other world, in some other place, in some other time, you know, and you make all kinds of excuses, but you don't accept the gospel as it was restored to us in our dispensation. We look back upon them and, and condemn them, but we can't see our own, uh, our own iniquity. What does iniquity mean in Hebrew? The word for iniquity means to depart from the path God has laid out for you. If God has laid out a certain way to do things, like the endowment, then that is the way it's supposed to be done, not to be changed. If the gospel is laid out, is uh, restored a certain way, like the whole fact of Jehovah and Yeshua, or Jesus being two separate individuals, then we change it. That is iniquity. That's something worse than iniquity. If in the endowment we are told that Jehovah is instructed by the Elohim, not some fictitious person named Elohim, but the Elohim to take Jehovah, or the, the Jehovah to take Michael to create the earth, and then Jehovah says, Michael, go create the earth, and Michael says, it shall be done, and he's the creator, Michael, 
not Yehovah. Yehovah shows him how to do it, but Michael says it will be done. This, we learned this in the endowment, right? Then, as Joseph Smith taught, God the Father, another name for God the Father is God the Creator. Well, that's the Adam-God doctrine, which is still taught in your temples in the endowment. But you change everything, you go into iniquity, which is to depart from the gospel and depart from the path. And you call yourself a blessed people, but the problem is the more that God gives you, the more accountable you are to what God gives you. And that's why Brigham Young said in the last days, Salt Lake would be among the most wicked cities on the earth. And it's not because of all of the crime and all of the stuff that's going on there. And that is part of it. But it's because that we as a people have been given so much. And we reject it. And we make excuses as to why we don't live it. And that is wickedness. We, we, we twist the things of God and, and twist them into Babylon the Great. And we just pat ourselves on the back and say, all is well in Zion. And Nephi had a warning for us. And anyway, I'm not going to get into that. I'll get back into the reading. Many Christians today do not believe that Abraham had the gospel because they assume there was no gospel before the Messiah, Christ, came to the earth. However, the Apostle Paul clarified that, he, that this belief was incorrect. According to the prophet Joseph Smith, quote, It will be noticed that according to Paul, see Galatians chapter 3 verse 8, the gospel was preached to Abraham. We would like to be informed in what name the gospel was then preached whether it be in the name of Christ or in the name of Messiah, and Christ drives me nuts. Uh, Christ is a Greek word that means uh, anointed or covered with oil. Um, Messiah means so much more. And the fact that we use Christ instead of Messiah or Mashiach, Messiah is actually an Aramaic word that means the same thing as Mashiach, which is the Hebrew version of Messiah. And, uh, you know, that's the Hebrew version of Christ. But anyway, um, Kim, do you want to get out Galatians chapter 3, verse 8? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, when I'm done reading this quote, I'm going to have my... Oh, yeah, you probably should. Do you want me to add you? Um, hold on, I'm going to call in. No, just I'll hold on. Okay, I'm going to add my wife real quick. So just hold on, it'll just be a second. Okay. Okay, now I'm not on hold. So you can hear Kim, I think, but I don't know if... Kim, just read that again, because I was on hold, and I don't know if I merged the calls, right? I don't think they did. Okay, okay. Sorry about that. Okay, Kim's going to read the uh, uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. Okay, we're going to go back. Okay, Uh, Galatians 3, verse 8 says... And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. End quote. Yeah. All right. So the thing that drives me nuts about this is, like, God is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't just create this plan and not know how it was all going to work out. He knew the plan of salvation before Jesus Christ was in the world. So why couldn't he preach it to his prophets beforehand? He did. So people that are like, well, they didn't know. Yeah, they did. They actually did. Okay, because they're called prophets, seers, and revelators, and they were given it. And, And Abraham, he said, Jesus said, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. Oh, my gosh, he saw his death. Yeah, because he was a prophet, seer, and revelator. I just don't understand why people can't get that through their thick school. I think a lot of you understand that, but maybe it's just the secular world or the Christians. They, they drive me up. Anyway, let's go on. Um, if Abraham had the gospel, did he have that? Did he then have the priesthood? The answer to this has to be affirmative. 
as the prophet Joseph Smith uh, informed us, quote, and this is Joseph Smith, Abraham says to Melchizedek, and that's Shem, son of Noah, Abraham says to Melchizedek, I believe all that thou hast taught me concerning the, the priesthood and the coming of the Son of Man. So Melchizedek, Melchizedek Melchizedek, ordained Abraham and sent him away. Abraham rejoiced, saying, Now I have a priesthood. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 322. Certainly a man who holds a higher priesthood and honors it is a member of the kingdom of God. His mission then is to teach others and bring them into the kingdom. Page 27. We also know that Abraham was chosen before he was born to be a great king and priest in the kingdom of God. And Abraham knew this himself as he was shown it in the vision. And remember, Abraham was one of the noble and great ones. And in the hierarchy of things, they're like the 70s. So it's kind of like the church. You have a first presidency. That's the God the Father, the Creator, God the Redeemer, who is Yeshua, and God the, the Witness, or the Holy Ghost, the Rakh HaKodesh. Under them, there are, fifth, uh, there are 12 who are mighty and strong. They are generals in the armies of heaven. Under them, there are the noble and great ones. They're like the 70 apostles. Oh my gosh, 70 apostles? What is that? Well, when the church was originally organized, the 70s were called apostles. Yeah, for real, they were. So, um, and I wish that more people knew about the history of the church, but you know, that you get things through the correlated committee department and they want to whitewash and cover everything up, which is unfortunate. But that's why I'm here, because I'm going to make sure it's exposed and show you where it's at and all that kinds of stuff. Anyway, if you want to know more about the 70, there is a book, the Ogden Relf. He compiled a ton of stuff. It's called The 70, and you can find it at ogdenkraut.com. All right. God saw these souls, that they were good, and he stood in the midst of them, and he said, These I will make my rulers, for he stood among those that were, that were in spirit, and he saw that they were good. And he said unto me, Abraham, thou art one of them. Thou wast chosen before thou wast born. Pearl of Great Price, Abraham, chapter 3, verse 23. The also Journal of Discourses, volume 23, page 185. Abraham was chosen to be a ruler in the kingdom of God, and he would also rule over other leaders in that kingdom. In addition to the, the above, Abraham, in addition to the above, Abraham saw Yeshua, or Jesus, and his day in a vision, for Christ said to the Jews, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. John chapter 8, verse 56. That's like I was saying earlier. God shows things to prophets, seers, and revelators in the future. Abraham saw Yeshua. The same way that, Abraham, or that Isaiah saw Yeshua coming in the meridian of time, and... Yeshua, uh, Isaiah and Ezekiel, they saw the Davidic servant coming in the last days. They saw a whole bunch of stuff, right? Because they're prophets. And God knows the end from the beginning, and he knows it's going to happen before we know it's going to happen. In fact, he can see it. Anyway, continuing on. <clears throat> Did you have any reading or any comments, Kim? No, I'm good. If you want to read, you can read, but I'm good for now. Yeah, I think it's weird when I'm on mute or when I'm talking and I can hear myself talking. <laughs> okay, Kim's listening. I, I'm good for right now, which is kind of weird because I got up before the alarm clock. At, uh, before the alarm clock went off at six o'clock this morning, and I went to work at seven, and then I worked all day long. And then I had a coolant leak, and I fixed it. And I had to come back to the yard, 
and I got a bunch of uh, stuff so that if I, the, the patch didn't work, I could fix it. And then, um, let's see, I left here about five, I think. I got down uh, and found out that the mine, the coal mine, was red-lighted, so we had to go to the, uh, a coal yard where there was about 10 billion trucks in one loader. So we were waiting in line for a very long time, and I get paid by the load, so that just is not fun. Anyway, so I got going after I got loaded, and uh, I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to do this one load and go home. Well, not so fast, Buster, because that patch that I put on earlier, that I stopped by the house and took a shower because I was covered in grease and oil for doing it, well, it didn't hold. Anyway, so I had a 16-hour day, and uh, I didn't even make it back to the yard. I parked the truck in front of my house. <laughs> and um, I was covered in coolant because I had to replace the three-inch, three-and-a-half-inch hose on the bottom of uh, and 10, 10 gallons of, uh, of radiator fluid all over me and all over my shirt and all over my garments and all over my back and all over my everywhere. And my wife says I got a rash on my back because uh, because of all this. Anyway, I I did get a fix, but um, and you know I bragged a little bit yesterday how I was like fine and everything, and then right after I bragged, I started falling asleep. So maybe I shouldn't brag. Anyway, all right, let's get into this. Abraham also had a great knowledge of the universe, most of which he obtained in vision. That's how God shows people things. So, um, Joseph Smith stated the learned the learning of the Egyptians and their knowledge of astronomy was no doubt taught them by Abraham and Joseph, as their records testify, who received it from Yahovah, our Elohim, or the Lord. Teaching the prophet Joseph Smith, page 200. The visionary and prophetic powers of Abraham were no doubt given to him through the instrument called the Urim and Thummim, which he acknowledged was in his possession. Quote, and this is Abraham chapter 3, verse 4. And I, Abraham, had the Urim and Thummim, which the Lord my God had given unto me in the Ur of the Chaldees. Abraham 3, verse 1. And also... The Lord said unto me by the Urim and Thummim that Koab was after the manner of Jehovah or the Lord. Abraham 3, verse 4, we're on uh, page 28. Go ahead, Kim, I'll uh, mute myself and you can read. Oh, she's not ready. I'm good. Yeah. Are you unmuted? So nobody can hear what you're saying? So I'm just laughing at myself. I'm laughing at my imaginary voice that loves me. I think she loves me. Are you muted? Why aren't you unmuted? Okay, I'm just going to read. Do you want me to read? Okay, I love you. Okay, I will read this next page. We're on page 28. He was shown all of this world... No, I will read this one last page, and then you oh. can read the last page. Does that work for you? You're there now? Okay, you can read it. I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> I then mute, and now I'll go back in. Okay, page 28. He was shown all of this world and how it was connected with God's kingdom, and also many other worlds and parts of the universe, which was... Ha- which also pertain to his kingdom. The scope of Abraham's kingly realm is amazing. One of the great promises of God to Abraham was that through him and his seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. That's Abraham chapter 2, verse 11. This is one of the greatest blessings ever given to a man. And according to Joseph Smith, another was that Quote, all children are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the moment that children leave this world, they are taken to the bosom of Abraham. End quote. And that's in teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 197. To show how far-reaching Abraham's kingly and patriarchal authority extends, John Taylor explained, Who were Moses and Aaron? 
Moses led the children of Israel under the guidance and direction of the Almighty with a mighty hand and stretched out arm and delivered them from the hands of the Egyptians. Who were they? They were the descendants of Abraham. Who were the old prophets we read of in the Bible here? They were the descendants of Abraham. Who was Jesus, a descendant of Abraham? Who were the 12 apostles? They were the descendants of Abraham. Who were the 70 that existed in those days? They were the descendants of Abraham. What were they told to do? To damn mankind? No. To go and preach the gospel to all the world. To lift up a banner of life and salvation to the nations and call upon them to repent. Who were the Nephites that came to this continent? Lehi, Lemuel, Nephi, etc. Who were they? They were descendants of Abraham. Who were the 12 apostles that were on this continent? They were the descendants of Abraham. End quote. Journal Discourse 19, um, verse 80. I mean, page 80, sorry. Okay, I want to say something real quick. Um, there are no Gentiles in heaven, okay? In the, the book of Revelation, we see that there are 12 gates that go into the city of God. Each one of them are for Hebrew people. So you can become a uh, adopted into the house of, of, of Abraham, but you're not going to be there if you're just a Gentile. So I know that a lot of people think, oh, God went and preached to the Gentiles. Yeah, but they would be grafted in. So are you grafted in? I hope so. Anyway, I'll mute myself. Go, uh, go ahead, Kim. And this is, is this the last page? This is on page 29. Page 29. Here we go. Wilford Woodruff also refers to the kingly and patriarchal blessings of the priesthood, including Abraham's, showing that such kingdoms were not just temporal, but eternal. This is another quote from Journal Discourse, page 20, or volume 24, page 243, quote, The Lord has revealed to us that no kingdom, no king, no prince, no pres no ordinance of marriage, no ordinance performed by any man from the days of Father Adam will have any power or force after death except those ordinances are performed by men holding the eternal priesthood. Is there a king? Is there a prince? Is there a queen? Will either when they pass the other side of the veil find a throne there? Would the um, Tsar, Tsar, what'd you say? Yeah, Tsar of Russia... I said that, Tsar. Tsar. <laughs> was the Tsar of Russia, who was assassinated by the hands of the ungodly not long ago, when he went into the spirit world, find a throne there? No. Why? Because the kingdom of the Tsar <laughs> of Russia belonged to time. When he went into the spirit world, that was the end of his kingdom and power. His kingdom had not been sealed upon his head by any man having the power and authority of the eternal priesthood. So in regard to all kingdoms and thrones, you may take Her Majesty Queen Victoria, who has reigned a long time and who is perhaps as good a sovereign as the reign as has reigned today's of William the Conqueror. When she passes behind the veil, she will find her kingdom at, the, at an end because it was not sealed upon her head for time and eternity by any man having the authority of the holy priesthood. That's end quote from Journal of Discourse, volume 24, page 243. Regarding the greatness of Abraham, Joseph Smith summarized in the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, pages 251 and 52. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Abraham was guided in all his family affairs by the Lord, was conversed with by angels and by the Lord was told where to go and when to stop and pros and prospered exceedingly and all that he put his hand unto it was because he and his family obeyed the counsel of the Lord end quote on page 30 we continue Abraham had been blessed above nearly all other men i.e. Uh, number one what oh in other words uh, number one, he would be the father of kings. Number two, he would preside as a king over these kings. Number three, he had the high and holy priesthood and all the rights that belonged to God's kings. 
Number four, he was promised a place in God's kingdom. And number five, he received a glorious vision of God's great work of his kingdom in the universe. There is probably no other mortal man in the Old Testament that received such great promises and blessings as did Abraham. Though not the king of kings, he was nevertheless a king of kings. And that's the end. So we'll be um, on chapter 5 next. It's uh, page 31, chapter 5, how Abraham became a king. Okay, so that's the end of uh, the reading for tonight. I'm going to just check real quick to see if we have anybody in the studio, but I don't think we will. But if we do, I'm going to bring them on. And so, let's... Okay, so that was a program that was previously recorded, which I published... May 26, 2020, and uh, I'll put the links to reading this chapter uh, in the program for today's program. So uh, if we have anybody who wants to call in, the guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. And if not, we'll end the program for today. Thank you for listening. Take care, everyone. Revelation to the Church of Jesus Christ. Revelation given to set the church in order and to establish the priesthood, namely the quorum of the First Presidency, the quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and the quorum of Seventy Apostles, set to the entire world as a witness of the love of God and as a warning of Christ's soon return to this earth along with our Father in heaven. Behold, this day do I begin to communicate to thee by vision, by revelations, that ye may prophesy against mystery Babylon, whose mystery is being revealed, and the skirts raised to reveal her nakedness and the deceivableness of all unrighteousness, which is in the hearts of all who subscribe to her teachings and to those who are born out of her bed and are not children of the married wife, but of a harlot. First revelation received at 12.30 p.m. on June 15, 2013. I was talking to Brother Mark Lichtenwalter concerning the keys of the priesthood, kingdom of God, And as Mark was speaking about his vision of our Father in Heaven, and the Father in Heaven laying his hands upon his head, I received the following revelation. I saw Mark kneeling down, and I saw Heavenly Father holding keys in his hand, and I heard Heavenly Father say these words to Mark, Behold my son, or my son behold, I give unto thee, the keys of the kingdom of God and the priesthood, my son, as I gave them to my servant Peter. This I received from my heavenly father, from heavenly father, and I testified that it is true. The vision ended, and I told Mark what I had seen, and I wrote down this divine communication from heavenly father. Second revelation received at one ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time on June 15th, 2013. Behold, my son, by mine only begotten was this heaven and this earth formed, and by mine only begotten was my firstborn. Uh, 
and by mine only begotten, even my firstborn Jesus the Christ, was the fullness of the priesthood of the eternities conferred, and the gospel of the eternities past proclaimed through mine only begotten Son. Verse 2. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, saith your Father in heaven. And no man can come unto me except through my Son, and by my Spirit, which causes all men to call upon the name of mine only begotten, yea, even Jesus, who is called the Christ. Behold, this day do I begin to communicate to thee by visions, by revelations, that you may prophesy against mystery Babylon, whose mystery is being revealed, and the skirts raised to reveal her nakedness and the deceivableness of unrighteousness which is in the hearts of all who subscribe to her teachings, and to those who are born out of her bed and are not children of the married wife, but of a harlot. All who, oh, verse 4, all who have lifted up their voice against me will I roar from heaven with the voice of my judgment, and I will fill their cups with wrath and indignation from heaven. My son, write and declare these things, for behold, I, the Lord, even Jesus, am the faithful and true witness of my Father in heaven, and, and my words are true. I have drunk of the bitter cup. My, of my father and did magnify my calling and priesthood and did humble myself and am a faithful witness of my father yea the first witness of my father in heaven verse 5 the work and glory of god is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of his sons and daughters and this comes through the atonement and obedience to the laws and ordinances of the eternal gospel my calling and my office of my priesthood is the agency whereby the sons and daughters of God can be heirs and joint heirs with me, saith Jesus the Lord, the first witness of my Father, whose glory is to bring to pass the, the work of my Heavenly Father and to obtain my exaltation through giving my life that many sons and daughters might obtain the inheritance of, of the Father, to be exalted and rule and reign as kings and priests. Verse 6. Heaven and earth will run together when Zion has been built. Follow the leading of my, my spirit. Yea, follow me. Mark and Joshua, my servants upon whom rests the power of this priesthood. Amen. So these were received by a man by the name of Joshua Sparks, who lives uh, somewhere close to Ashland, Kentucky. Father's Day Revelation, given June 16th, 2013, at 10.15 a.m. in Ashland, Kentucky. My son, you have inquired of me direction. Behold, I do answer thee, and show thee the things thou desirest and seekest. Call to me, and I will answer thee, and by revelation I will reveal to thee my will. Seek ye out twelve men to whom I shall lead thee, and ordain them to be to the priesthood. Yea, set them apart as apostles of Jesus Christ, special witnesses of my Son, whom I shall send to thee, men of truth, integrity, yea, men of faith, who are righteous, who have received a testimony that Jesus lives, for as Mark and you, Joshua, you have seen Jesus with your own eyes. Yea, they too have seen. Yea, and have heard and bear their testimony to the world that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 2. For, yea, a marvelous work and a quick work 
shall I do among the children of men as I call to those with ears to hear to remove themselves from Babylon and her great and abominable church and to take their place among the church, yes, and be taught the gospel of the eternities and to progress to their exaltation through obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel that belongeth to this priesthood. Verse 3. Seventy men shalt thou ordain, and set them apart as seventy apostles, a special witness that shall be sent into the world to preach the gospel and prepare the hearts of children to build Zion, saith your Father in heaven. Yea, even my political kingdom on earth, and after my twelve and seventy are set in their place, behold, I will establish my first presidency. Yea, and the one mighty and strong, mine anointed, shall begin to, to build again Zion, as, as did Enoch my son. And he shall reign over this, my kingdom, till he turns it back over to me, saith the Father. Seek ye first my kingdom and my righteousness, and establish my church, and I will lead you by my spirit to separate unto me the council of fifty and I will again establish to restore the united order yea Zion shall be built preach my gospel yea establish my church for, uh, from her ye my kingdom even yea even Zion shall be built and I will come to Adam and on Diamon and there bless my sons and daughters, and they shall receive the crown of life that fadeth not away. Verse 5. For thus saith the Lord, even Jesus, I am the head of my church, yea, that I have built by revelation, and yea, I will cause the building fitly framed together to grow into a holy temple and dwelling place for our Father in heaven. Amen. Revelation given Monday, June 17th, 2013, at 9.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Behold, my son, in response to your inquiry, I the, Lord do, I, the Lord, do reveal to you that my seventies will be missionaries, yea, traveling ministers, set apart as... set apart as the word's missing. I don't know what it what it said. It's been a long time since I've read this, but traveling ministers set apart as apostles. Seventy apostles. I, I know that's what it should say. Anyway, yeah, even apostles who shall be sent as a special witnesses Yea, even witnesses of my Son, Jesus the Christ, whose eyes have beheld, whose ears are open to the voice of the shepherd, yea, whose bosom doth burn within them, as did my disciples on the road to Emmaus. Verse 2. Lift up thine eyes, and behold, the, the field are white and ready to harvest, and the sheaths of earth shalt thou reap. Yea, even those who obey the gospel and who come through mine only begotten, the author of eternal salvation, yea, the bright morning star. Verse 3. Trust in thy sickle, yea, begin to build up my church, yea, and my kingdom, my church and my kingdom in the east. So that's Joshua's <clears throat> job. And my servant Mark, yea, mine anointed, Build up my kingdom and my church. Yea, lay the foundation of Zion, for this is thy priesthood, and thy keys, yea, build, yea, to build up Zion, the holy city of God, to establish her, to enlarge her stakes, to influence, and her influence in all the earth, as a stone cut out without hands, 
shalt thou fill the earth with my glory, saith your Father in heaven. Verse 4, set in order the twelve and the seventy, and I will set in order the first presidency. Yea, and thou dost have the keys of my kingdom, and power to bind and loose, saith the Lord. And I received those keys when the Father laid his hands upon my head in 2003, so I've had them ever since then, almost 20 years. Verse 5, Go forward, my servants, preach repentance and baptize those who are repentant in my name, yea, the name of mine only begotten Son, confer upon them the gift of the Holy Ghost, and confirm them members of my church. Verse 6, many hearts are ready to receive. Go in power, yea, the priesthood power, for I, your Father, in heaven do command it. So that was the revelations received by Joshua Sparks in 2013, one month after these revelations were received, I was commanded to sever the ordinances and um, power or priesthood of all the holy people. And that happened in July of 2013. And um, Joshua actually buckled under the pressure that he received from the adversary um, as he was doing his work. He was uh, he was just attacked a lot and he fell from doing what he was supposed to do. Um, I like the fact that Jesus says he's going to set in order the first presidency. Because uh, I don't want to be in that position. <laughs> I don't believe I will be. But... Um, I don't know what to say. I know that Zion will be built in the wilderness and that my job is to teach and prepare the people. And the time will come when the church will be set in order. Oh, and by the way, um, God also told me to call it the Church of the Living Messiah. So... That is what the church is called today. It's not called the Church of Christ. It's not called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's called the, the Church of the Living Messiah. So that is that has been established. And there are officers in that church, although they are few in number. So... Anyway, that's the revelation I wanted to share with anyone, and that was received by Joshua Sparks of Ashland, Kentucky. And the last time I talked to him was at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, he wrote me and asked me what I thought about the pandemic, or what he said, what does God say about the pandemic? And I told him that it would be bad but the cure would be worse. And that was in, I think, March or February of 2020, and I haven't heard from him since. So I don't know what's going on with Joshua Sparks. I don't know if he got around to doing the work that God asked him to do. I didn't ask him to do it. This revelation was received by Joshua from the Father. So anyway, that's the revelation. And uh, I'm going to do more recordings and see if I can get more of these revelations out. Thanks.